Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning. How are you, Dr. Paul? Doing well. Doing good. well. Good. So, All right. Do you know anything about balloons? <laughs> I want to talk about balloons. Balloons, I always, balloons. I always like those balloons. Birthday parties yeah, and all. And exactly. I used to try to send up a balloon and, <laughs> and put a message on them. <laughs> I think I finally got a message back. It was like two miles away. <laughs> so it's neat. not easy. It's yeah. not easy to send them very high. But... Uh, I tell you what, they have a lot of technology and they're playing. You, you know, wouldn't it be something if this was all a game and they're yeah. uh, testing these pilots to see if they can shoot, you know, something that high up? Who knows what's happening? Because, you know, quite frankly, um, I don't think anybody can be absolutely sure what's going on. But I think a lot of us are getting to the point, like we were thinking in the very beginning, is it really enough to get scared about yeah. that they're going to drop bombs out of there? And then <clears throat> the other thing, if, if it were surveillance, I keep arguing, you know, the, the satellites do pretty darn well. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, they know what's going on. <clears throat> so uh, the probably is no doubt that most people are agreeing there's weather balloons. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. Some people think, uh, they, they postulate, Oh, it's a it's a Chinese weather balloon that got out of it, and then somebody else said, "Oh no, it's an American balloon. It may be both, yeah. because everybody has stuff up there." And uh, the whole thing is, is it was an opportunity to get stir up a little interest, a little bit of fear, and uh, people. And just think of how the people in Congress reacted. Why has why hasn't he shot yeah. that thing down yet? Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't have enough technology. Oh, well, how many dollars you need? We need another. <laughs> Ten billion dollars to have uh, better missiles to shoot down balloons. So, uh, so it it, uh, it looks like it's turning out to be a fizzle, and the f unfortunately, the part that uh, isn't fizzle it's the uh, how are we going to use it? How are we going to control people? And how can we get more money? There'll be there'll be some suggestion here uh, for money if it hasn't already happened. You know, to, we we need to be really prepared because maybe it wasn't the big one this time. But boy, if they can fly over our country, so the likelihood will be the consequence of shooting down eventually shooting down people they shouldn't be shooting down. And uh, somebody's going to be that's what that's what they do on land. Yeah. Oh, we can target, and they can. They're fantastic, uh, fantastically evil we can tar target anybody in the world but sometimes they miss and, and uh, it hits, hits a wedding party or yeah. something like that but a anyway um, there's still still talk about this but uh, I don't think it's uh, a, a major step in, in the direction of World War III. Well it's been almost a week since or has it been a week since <coughs> this manufactured panic over balloons a cascade of balloons <laughs> over our territory we had to shoot them down, as you point out. The only complaint in Congress and in the media is, why didn't you shoot it down quicker? Uh, of course, all of this panic happened coincidentally, I'm sure, right at the time Seymour Hersh's article, blockbuster article, showing how the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream pipelines yeah. to detract all the attention. And now that successfully, along with the media, uh, they, have, they have been successful in detracting and distracting the attention from that, then they come out and say, well, it really wasn't what we say. Let's put on this first clip. This is from Politico, I think, this morning. Here's John Kirby, spokesman for the National Security Council. Says, objects shot down aren't from China and are likely benign. Now you tell us. 
Let's do the next one. Here's a couple of quotes from the article. John Kirby saying, I'll go back one if you can. Go back one more. Uh, yeah, there we go. Here's John Kirby. We don't see anything that points right now to being part of China's spy balloon program. It's unlikely the objects were used in intelligence collection against the United States of any kind. That's the indication now. And do the next one. This is a bombshell. <coughs> intelligence officials believe the objects which were shot down a week after the Chinese spy balloon was downed off the coast of South Carolina could be tied to some commercial or benign purpose. In other words, Dr. Paul, they were weather balloons. The U.S. spent how many <coughs> millions of dollars to shoot them down, to shoot first and ask questions later. It's, it's phenomenal to see this level. You would say maybe it's a level of incompetence, but I do think there's some more nefarious yeah, purpose. But you know, there's another uh, thing, another why that we can ask, and that is, uh, why, why did our government come out? Because once they start lying, you know, they can lie for years and oh, yeah. years, and, and there's no way anybody can prove anything. And I keep thinking, well, what if, uh, you know, so far nobody's really ever has seen anything yet that they shot down and they can't prove anything. But what if they, uh, what if they look, look at this material and it's, and it's all uh, special things that the United States put up there yeah. and maybe they don't want them to see that. So if, if it's settled, we're not going to, uh, you, you know, build up the... Uh, animosity with uh, U.S. against China, maybe people will leave this alone and they won't say, where are the pieces? We want the pieces. We want to see them. What did you know? Well, we don't need to because there wasn't anything there. They didn't have anything, which is maybe true. But I just wonder, you know, if there if it was an American uh, balloon that had more on it than they wanted, uh, they're not going to reveal that either. Yeah. So. But that's, that's a little bit of suspicion that uh, it's not hard to generate. What also is not hard to generate is look at the readiness to go to war with China over this. Remember? And this is all just barely below the surface. This hostility, this weird sense that Americans have that we need to go to war. It also shows the foolishness and dangerousness of believing your own hype, of believing the propaganda about China and being ready to go to war uh, even if what's happened is not anywhere near what they're saying. Here's something else, because so, this will tell us why we will never know what really happened. If you can put on this next one, this is from the same Politico article, and I highlighted the part that I think is important. When the balloon was shot down over the Atlantic, and here's the part, some materials floated while the payload, which carries critical information about the airship, sank to the ocean bottom. And that's kind of like I was joking yesterday, like bin Laden, yeah, we threw him over the boat, can't, we can't, you know, we can't prove anything. So we'll never know exactly what the whole thing was about. But here's something else that's interesting. And this is the part that comes out later. The U.S. knew all along where this was coming from. Let's put it up if we can, this next one. This is from the Washington Post. U.S. tracked China's spy balloon from launch on Hainan Island along unusual, unusual path. So the U.S. was tracking this. They saw that it was following an unusual path caused by atypical weather conditions, exactly what the Chinese said happened. Uh, it turns out it was true and still the, uh, the warmongers want to take this uh, as some sort of an act of war. And speaking of which, one more, Dr. Paul, before I uh, finish this little segment here. Here's McCall. Even now that we know none of it happened, here's McCall. The Chinese balloon did a lot of damage, said House Foreign Affairs Chair McCall. 
This is dangerous. The knee-jerk reaction, Dr. Paul, is always we need to go to war first and ask questions later. And it makes McCall look like the fool, I hate to say that word, but the fool that he is for always wanting to go to war. I would say there is some danger. Guys like him, yeah, you know, yeah. he, he's dangerous. And, and it's so often what we do is, is our reaction, you know, internationally is how, how we respond. You know, they, they hear something and before you know it, we have to bomb them, you know, yeah. this sort of thing. So, uh, no, we're not going to get good information. I think that it, it's going to stop and there will always be some question mark there. Uh, I think we know a lot more about the U-2 shooting down in the 1950s. Yeah. We, we, know, we know what happened because uh, it was revealed after they were able to shoot the, uh, shoot the U-2 down. So it's, uh, it's, it's something though that uh, got their attention and you know the big thing, destruction, which we, that was our initial yeah. emphasis that uh, there was a destruction, uh, a distraction from what was, what was really going on. And that's a big issue, the yeah. distraction on who bombed the pipeline yeah. and why and uh, what, what this all means. And right now I'm, uh, I'm wondering, uh, you know why there hasn't been a more a more specific uh, uh, retaliation by by Russia. Maybe yeah. they either their strategy is hold back, that's not stir it up, or maybe they don't feel 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 it's worthwhile for their interests. Anyway, it, yeah, it's interesting that we are seeing some rumblings in Germany. Though there was a member of parliament from the Linke Party, which is a far left party, and she gave a very very fiery speech on the floor of their parliament in the Bundestag you know, saying, what is going on with Germany? Why aren't we saying anything about this? Why don't we even seem to be concerned about our, you know, our ally blowing up our pipeline? You know, Hirsch is credible. All of these things, it was a, it was a very good speech. If I find it, I'll try to link to it. But I think there is a little bit of stirrings on the far left with the Link, uh, Linka party and the uh, far right, whatever it is, the populist right in the AFD party. So I think you're gonna see some of these things coming together and start to challenge be nice to see it anyway you know what they did was mostly it was designed to show we could shoot the balloon down and make sure nobody saw it yeah. because if they really you know I was thinking well they, if this is balloon is out there and they have some electronics on there and they're really spying on us uh, we would pick a place where nobody lived and sh shoot yeah. the thing down but they purposely waited to shoot it down over the ocean where it could be totally destroyed and never found. Yeah, So uh, convenient. Okay, yes. <laughs> well, speaking of spying, and this is a, a very disturbing uh, next story that we're gonna do, let's put up the next one. Dr. Joseph Mercola, and he's featured on Lou Rockwell today with a very, very shocking article. The federal government is tracking the unvaccinated. Uh, and do the next one because this just introduces it. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone, and we've talked about Dr. Malone, he's one of the scientists who were canceled during COVID, punished for being right. But he's discovered that the U.S. government has secretly been tracking those who did not get the COVID shot or are only partially vaccinated. Uh, it was a program implemented in April of 22, but was universally adopted by most medical clinics and hospitals in January of 23. Uh, under the program, doctors at clinics and hospitals have been instructed to ask patients about their vaccination status, which is then added to their electronic medical records as a diagnostic code known as ICD-10 code without their knowledge or, content or, or consent. You know, five years, 10 years ago, and I think I was in office when they 
passed this very, very strict rules on the medical profession about privacy for patients. Yeah. And there's still the insurance companies and the hospitals, everybody has to send these things out that they are obeying these laws and rules. At the same time, they become worse than ever. There was a time when it was just accepted. You don't share information about your patients. Yeah. And, uh, and then they have this thing nationally, and now nationally what they're doing is exactly uh, the, the opposite. But, uh, you know, they, uh, w one thing they did was change the coding. And the code so sort of looks like uh, a, a, a disease code, uh -huh. but it isn't. It's just, these, it isn't that somebody has something and we can say, well, he had what, such and such disease and we need that for public health. What they're, what they're saying is we're going to the point where you didn't take your shot. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to be on a bad list is what's going to happen. The only good thing that a lesson is learned, because I learned it a long time ago, they did say in this article that if you are a physician and you refuse insurance and you refuse Medicare, especially Medicare and Medicaid, that you are not required uh, to do that with your patients. But it's automatic now because most people are hooked up with the government anyway. But that's a terrible thing. But, uh, but there's already hospitals that have uh, attempted this thing. You, you, you know, Dr. Smith on Oklahoma City, yeah. he runs a whole hospital under these conditions. No, no third-party payment and very, very independent. And the amazing thing is that his uh, ability to provide medical services is might be 75% less than yeah. you pay at another hospital. It's huge on the amount of money you can save by going to, uh, he's, he's a strong believer in Austrian economics. Yeah. I know him, I've been up there. And uh, it, it shows that the market can work. And it also shows that the expense in medicine, there were some statistics come out just recently on medical care, we're the worst in the world. Yeah. And uh, oh, but we have free enterprise. Not, not very, we don't, we have corporatism, corporations run our medical care, and that's why it's so expensive, and that's why an individual who goes independently, uh, they, can, they can actually provide services and really find the discounts. And the doctors that work at this, the free market hospital in Oklahoma City, they're happy. Yeah, they're they're happy they can do it, and they probably make a decent living, and they're yeah. they certainly a lot better than living with all those regulations. This this program is really frightening, and, and Mercola, Dr. Mercola, he makes a point in his piece on the Rockwell today that well, what's the purpose? What are they doing this for? And he strongly believes this is all about the eventual vaccine passport. They're going to collect all the data, find out who's vaccinated and who's not and then they can implement this. And it's really hard to believe, Dr. Paul, after everything they've done for the past three years has been so completely discredited, they still hang on to that little authoritarian, you know, little lip, authoritarian lip holding on to the, you know, sinking ship of their lives. But they want to have this vaccine passport. They want to control us uh, through whether we take the shot or not. One thing is very similar to <clears throat> what they had been doing, doing and during uh, COVID lockdown. It was, and the government was argue, Oh, we, re we really believe in the First Amendment. We protect the First Amendment. Uh, we will turn, turn the enforcement over to a corporation yeah. that if the doctor or somebody didn't do what the government wanted, they were canceled, they, they might lose their license, and they were punished for want, wanting to practice scientific medicine. And uh, this is the same thing again. It's going to be the corporations that will have to enforce this, you know, the insurance companies and hospitals. There will be a few times when it will 
boy, absolutely the government, but people should look at this. It's absolutely the government for the whole thing because it's just a form of corporatism, which is about that close to fascism. Yeah. And the thing is, if you think about this little marker on your permanent record, this is not really, it's about your medical status, but it's really not about your medical status because they're going to read a lot into when they find someone who is not vaccinated. They're going to read a lot into it. Oh, this person must be an anti-vaxxer. This person must be a rebel. This person must be untrustworthy. You know, all of the independent-spirited, independent-minded people who resisted the, the sheep, the herd-like mentality, they're going to be packed into this. So the doctor's going to look and he's going to see that and he's going to say, okay, I know who I'm dealing with. This is a bad guy. And so there's, it's beyond just your medical, your medical status. But um, I do want to do, because this is what you said, and it was in the article, and I think this is such a great quote, because you're right. I mean, the government is not going to be the one to do this. The government's going to hand the information over to the private sector, and they will take care of the dirty work like they did with censorship on Twitter. If we can put this next one up, uh, go to the next one, if you can. Uh, this is exactly it. I mean, memorize this. <laughs> the government will not restrict your travel. Airlines will. The government will not restrict your travel. Other nations will. The government will not restrict your travel. Auto companies will. Auto rental companies will. The government will not restrict your travel. Public transport will. The government will not restrict your travel. Private companies will. And that, as you say, Dr. Paul, is the F word, and the F word is fascism. Yes, and the government will control all the businesses. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it would be very easy because they're all dependent on, on the money. And uh, it'd be very easy to cancel a doctor, uh, you know, if they don't follow all this electronic stuff. Because even if a doctor doesn't take Medicare and Medicaid, you used to be able to stay out of the system. But, <clears throat> but now, even if, if, if you take third-party payment, every single thing they do on a daily basis, uh, they have to immediately put it into their cell phones and, and communicate it and it's all going into a computer you know i, I used to think well they're going to have so much information they'll never be able to g put it all together unfortunately i've come to the conclusion that these computers are are uh, pr pretty darn smart uh but eventually though there's a pretty a lot of dumb people running <laughs> them and they're going to aggravate just like on the covid lockdown they they might have been thinking they were very smart and telling you and threatening you and intimidating you but eventually uh there is there is a resistance people build up and people uh, just refuse to go along yeah but uh, my argument whether it's war here or war against our government uh, we we should try to prevent this stuff you know if why do we why do people have to wait i think they are hopeful and they'd like to think well it won't be that bad and we've lived with it before so they rationalize it and uh then eventually it goes the way some of us warn yeah and they say what are we going to do about it that's the way we deal especially with these foreign wars you know yeah they they say well this is necessary for our national security 20-year war in afghanistan well maybe it's not going so well Maybe yeah. we ought to come home. Yeah, maybe. Well, guess what, Dr. Paul? The third, this, our last story today, if you're ready to move on, is truly astonishing. And if we can put up that next clip. We've talked a little bit about this. But, you know, this is something we really need to pause and reflect on. U.S. informs Ukraine that it doesn't have enough long-range missiles to send. So the, 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 the will is there, but the missiles are not. Ukraine's been urging the U.S. to immediately transfer the attackums missile system with a range of up to 190 miles capable of being fired from high mars but the u.s is now informing ukraine it doesn't have enough of these missiles 
to send any over to them. A trillion dollar a year budget for the military, and we don't have any missiles. We don't have any, anything extra to send them. It does make you wonder a little bit where this money is going to, you know. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a negative in a way, but it might not be the worst thing that ever happened yeah. if we run out of weapons. Yeah. You know, it might be much safer for us. Uh, but historically, empires end when they extend themselves too far away from their home base. Yeah. The, the Roman Empire is exactly. the, the example that's used. And I think we've extended ourselves way too far for way too long. And it reminds me of that statement, which I've repeated before when I had some private conversation once with Ronald Reagan as we were flying over Washington and he knew I was interested in the gold standard. He said, you know, he says, uh, there's never been a country that went off the gold standard that remained great. They, they quit being great. They that is, if they destroy their money. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see that this might be the beginning of the end of the empire. They're still out there and we're becoming more aggressive uh, in, and we you know, still keep uh, running our coup operations yeah. and, and we're very active there. And these weapons seem to be endless, but this is the this is a, a, a very negative report, a positive report for maybe slowing this down, but negative for the hawks. But you can know you can you, you know what'll be the result. Yeah. More lobbying ever. You have to sacrifice. You know when when the world is caving in on you and you're, we're all at war. Everybody sacrificed for patriotic reason. That's that's what will happen. But in the meantime, though, it might be the beginning. But uh, the end sometimes takes a long time to come around. In in a way, we have been suffering from our bankruptcy for a good many years already because the standard of living is going down. And we have more street people than ever and all those kind of problems. So it's, uh, it's something that uh, happens, it's expected, and I think this is another very visible sign that, that in, in a way, I think you wanted to chuckle a little bit. <laughs> you know, they, 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 we don't even have enough bombs anymore, they said. And I don't think that's just a political statement. That's probably true. I, mean, I just wonder whether the American people are gonna wake up and realize that this has been the most idiotic policy in the history of this country. You know, that we have literally given so many of our weapons to this ridiculous Ukraine war, which is actually a U.S. war on Russia, that we don't have any weapons yet left. Yet, and I saw something in Bloomberg yesterday that uh, they have this big meeting in, in, uh, in Europe now with NATO, and they're planning on fighting two wars. We can't even, we, can't, we don't have any weapons left. What are we going to fight with? Slingshots? You know, it's, it's uh, well, unbelievable. The, the president, I, I think it was the president, <coughs> I said that... Uh, Somebody offered, why, why don't we have negotiations and talk with, he says, uh, yes, I'm willing to do that. I've told the people in Ukraine, as soon as you uh, recover all your territory, <laughs> then I think we should talk about peace. <laughs> you know? And uh, I, I think that's a long time off. The Ukrainians should really look up in Wikipedia what happens to former American allies, right? Look up Saddam <laughs> yeah. Hussein, look up Gaddafi, look up the, the dude from Panama. Well, go to the next one because this is a, so you're right, it almost is worth a chuckle. This is what they're doing. They're scrambling an alternative that Ukraine is considering, an alternative is that Washington is considering to approve the purchase of attackums from U.S. allies, which currently possess them. It includes Poland, Romania, Greece, Turkey, North Korea, Qatar, 
and Bahrain. We're going to repurchase the weapons we <laughs> sold these countries and send them to Ukraine. It's the most cockamamie thing in history. But sometimes we're getting Russian weapons yeah. and sending them to them. Well, these, we found these down the street. Yeah. So why don't you try them out? Give them a shot. Yeah, oh, give them a oh shot. Boy. You're That's having an F-16. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm going to close out, if you're ready, Dr. Paul, just okay. to remind <laughs> our viewers, if you put up this next clip, Dr. Paul and I will be traveling over the weekend, we're going back to our favorite little town on the Potomac, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going for a good cause. Rage against the war machine rally. Uh, the forces that want to stop this rally are unbelievable. They cannot stand people getting together to demand that Washington end its global military empire. Anti-war rally, Washington, D.C., February 19th, this coming Sunday. Dr. Paul and many, many others will be speaking at this rally. So if you can get there show support for what is, I think, a very good cause. Yeah, you know, um, it's, it's been a couple years since I was active in Washington going back and forth, which I really don't miss getting on that airplane because right now I've sworn off commercial flying. So, uh, but, but this is my first trip back. So it's been, uh, you know, the end of, of uh, 2012 is when I left the Congress. So it's been a couple years since I've been there, but uh, we're supposed to be out uh, in, in the uh, Memorial Park area there, not downtown. I, uh, I don't think I'll be visiting the Capitol or anything like that. Matter of fact, the events on, sun, on Sunday. And uh, we, we, uh, I, have, I always think about these things because I think they're important. And this one is designed to bring um, moderates and uh, libertarian constitutionalists together. And uh, that's something I've worked on for a long time. But that is something that uh, depends a lot on how, what's the local politics uh, of the whole thing is because uh, uh, we, we had uh, some pretty good uh, alliances when, when I was in Congress. Right now I say they was weakened and that's one of the reasons why we're promoting this conference is because I don't think, uh, you know, those of us who are very sincere believers in the Constitution and libertarianism, uh, that, uh, that that's good because that will persuade other people. But it's not enough for you if you want to be a political force, you have to have numbers. Just like the people who stood up against the lockdown, you had to have numbers, people complaining about it. So, uh, and wars end when the people finally get fed up. But my argument is, why do we wait until after 10 years then with people get tired of it and then they stand up? We have to stand up for peace before the war starts. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.